Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Good morning, everybody. Are you as thrilled to be here as I'm thrilled to be here this morning? Welcome to the morning edition of the Miracle Crusades. Uh, Listen, don't ever tire of opportunities to engage with God in worship, engage with God in praise. You might say, well, all that praising's not my style. Then receiving's not your style. Then help is not your style. Then answers are not your style. There's no opt-out of engaging with God in every, in every way that He provides. You know, there's so many in the body of Christ, I call them cafeteria Christians. Uh, you'd have to... Now, here in Texas, you still have lubies. Yeah, you want to go? <laughs> I, I didn't think so, but I saw a Luby's. Did I not see a Luby's here in town? Because I have a witness. There is one. And uh, you still have a cafeteria. And you know what a cafeteria is. They, they just put out all the food, and you get to go pick and choose. Right? And the first, they have categories. If, if I remember right, we used to go to Morrison's. That's what we had in uh, South Florida. Y'all had Morrison's in Florida. And um, so my dad loved Morrison's. So we'd go there, and uh, you'd have the salad section. And then you'd have all the different sections. Well, in the salad section, you could cheat and get dessert because they had jello in the salad section. You know. But they also had that nasty carrot raisin salad. Who, who eats carrot raisin salad? That stuff is still there because it's, nobody's ever eaten it. Nobody's touched that stuff in, you know, all, those, all these decades. But the, what you do is you go say, I don't like that, but I'll, I like that, and I want to skip this. And get two of these, and then I'll take one of those, but I don't want one of those. See, and that's, that's well, you know, we, we have so many choices. Because of Burger King, they started have it your way. Now, you got to be a little older to remember, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders, don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us have it your way, have it your way. There ain't nobody up there. Burger King, they want, they want you to have it your way. Lubies, they, it's, it's cafeteria, pick and, pick and choose. But you know, God's not a, God's not a cafeteria God. Amen. He doesn't say, listen, this is all my stuff. Just use, pick what you like. Just to opt out of what you don't like. Have it your way. Have it your way. And you know, really, in the body of Christ, you can find a church that accommodates your way if you want. I mean, they're there. They're there. But you know, I want God's way. And what I've found is if it's, if it's on the menu... I need it. I need it. I, if it's on the menu, I need it. And how many are glad if it's on the menu? You never have a situation like you have in some restaurants where you go. How many have ever gone to a restaurant because of a certain menu item? And you get there, and what happens? That day, we're out of that. How many know if it's in God's menu? The kitchen in heaven never runs out. They'll bring out pan after pan after pan, and you can feast all day long. You don't, amen. Come and dine. Praise the Lord. How did we end up on any of that? Uh, yeah, just saying, don't ever miss an opportunity to connect with God, to engage with God. Uh, th- this, is, this is what our lives are all about. Now listen, uh, friends, if we can get into some things that God has for us today, I believe. And uh, you believe him with me, right? Yes. Amen. You didn't come all this way to just be a, uh, a casual observer. 
but you are a participant in the things of God. Thank you for coming this morning. Um, yesterday, I began, I told you that uh, standing right here Sunday night, um, I, I noticed how strong the, the flow was in healing. And God ministered something to my heart. Now, if you know, have been around me or heard me minister, you know that I, one thing I don't do is throw around the phrase, God said, or God told me. Um, I, I just don't like to exaggerate. I don't like to uh, say that something happened when it didn't happen. But I can tell you, the spirit, by His Spirit, God just ministered to me some things. And then when I got back to my hotel room, uh, He spoke further to me about it. And then it told me to declare as we did yesterday, what he told me uh, to the body of Christ. You know, God needs uh, his plans announced. Yeah. Yes. Amen. And so uh, we, we do that. We do that as he, as he would tell us. And so just sitting here, I was just noticing uh, that, that healing flow. And God said, I just need to be given the opportunity. Well, that's exactly what was happening. Right. Uh, the opportunity was being given. And it just blessed me because it awakened in me well, you know, I, if you would ask me, I probably would have told you the right answer. But how many know knowing something in your head, but then having it be a reality in your life? It's two different things. And so I was just on the inside awakened to God's perspective where uh, things like healing especially are concerned. How, how greatly He desires to heal. And so much of the time, don't we get it in our heads that it's we who have the desires and we're trying to convince Him. And that's just not the case. Right, right. Amen. That's just not the case. How many here you had to talk God into saving you? No. How many know he's into it? Yeah. He's already into it. <laughs> I won't ask how many have ever gone on a date with somebody and they weren't really into it. You can just tell they weren't into it. Right? But how many know God is into his thing? And so God is into your healing, if we can say it that way. And he, sa he said, he spoke that on the inside of me. He said, I just need the opportunity. Yes. And, and so, uh, thank God, one of the things that happens in these meetings is opportunity is given. Of course, you have to be led. You want to be led. But as God leads, the opportunity is given. And he's able to move. And, and really, we're seeing some wonderful testimonies and results. And, and, uh, and that. then I got home. You remember uh, what I told you yesterday? Uh, I, I, because I was praying further, I, I just was trying to get in gear for what God would have for us. And he spoke this phrase to me. He said, I'm on a healing rampage. Now, I know that sounds cute. How many know I'm not trying to be cute? How many know I don't have to try? <laughs> but I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to say something cute. God wasn't trying to be cute. He said it that way to me. He said, I'm on a healing rampage. And we said, if somebody's on a rampage like a shooting rampage, all they want to do is kill. They don't care who. And so it's very indiscriminate. And, and God is so serious about his desires to heal. And uh, as I got to thinking about our era and all that is included in the last day's revival, we know that one of the major elements would be um, a, a revisiting or a rebooting of the fullness of the flow that was seen in the healing revival, um, where one of, the, one of the defining characteristics of that was that healing, it's been said, was in the air, meaning it was such a, there was such momentum to that flow 
You hearing me? Yes. Such momentum to that flow that it was easier to be in it than out of it. Yes. Can I say it that way? It, was, it carried you. It, ca it carried you. And, and we, with many reports, chronicled reports, of people who really didn't even have much of a healing ministry. Now, now they're getting blind eyes open. Now they're, yeah. uh, well, you know, how many know if God can use the people who didn't really have skill, right. then how much more could he yes. potentially right. use people who actually do have skill? Right. And so it was, it was widespread. And uh, what God ministered to me when he said, I'm on a healing rampage, he said, we're not waiting. We're no longer waiting for that reboot. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I'm not the only voice. I'm, I'm, in fact, I struggle, to be honest with you, I struggle to think I am a voice. But uh, God said to say it, and so we say it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's up to him to carry it. But uh, there's others. But I'm just telling you what he ministered to me. We're not waiting for it. We're in it. Uh, we're in the last days revival. The Lord has been uh, ministering that to me for Gosh, well, what, maybe 15 years or more uh, to say we're not, it's not coming, we're in it. Now, why would he say that when it doesn't appear all the time? How many would agree that it doesn't always appear to be so? Well, why did he, why did he tell people in the Bible, why did he tell Israel, I give you this land when the giants were still in the land? Why did Jesus pronounce things and say things that didn't initially appear to be so? Because of this wonderful thing called faith, right? God needs his people to receive his word, keep it on the inside of them, begin to declare it by faith, and act like it's so. And as we act like it's so and give opportunity to these things, praise the Lord, we see them. We're seeing them to a degree now. Now, to a degree, you hear me? To a degree. There's greater degree. Yes. There's degree. Where healing is concerned, we are, we're seeing, you know, really, if you just want to uh, confine things to even these meetings, we're seeing more now than when we first started holding these meetings. But how many know there's more still? Yes. Right? Uh, the Bible, and over, over in Acts 19, the Bible talks about God doing extraordinary yes. miracles yes. by the hands of Paul. Does that phrase excite you like it excites you? It, extraordinary. What's extra? Well, extra ordinary or beyond ordinary. Now, how many are okay with ordinary miracles? <laughs> right? I mean, miracles. Miracles are good. Ordinary kinds, they're good. But they're still miracles. I mean... Really, there, are there any ordinary miracles? Miracles, by definition, are beyond ordinary, beyond natural. They're super natural. But there's also extraordinary miracles, the kind that get written about, the kind that, the kind that garner attention, the kind that are hard to ignore. Amen. I mean, like I said, we've seen some things. We had, I mean, just in this morning service yesterday, we had numbers of people uh, come up, be ministered to, who, who were presently in pain, and then testified that that pain was gone. Now, that, that is miraculous. If, I mean, if you had pain, and, and the only thing you took to get rid of that pain was the anointing, that is supernatural, but probably not going to end up in the, in the 
29th chapter of Acts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, we, 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 we don't minimize anything. We're grateful for all of it, but not all of it is what you'd call extraordinary. But God's the God of the extraordinary. Amen. And I'll tell you one thing about, one thing about God, he, he won't be just outdone. Meaning he doesn't go from glory to glory in a declining measure. When the Bible speaks of glory to glory, it's talking about an increasing measure of glory. Yeah? More glory. Amen. And so uh, if there was extraordinary miracles in the days of the early reign, now in the end times, in the days of the latter reign, there, there will be and must be extraordinary miracles. Well, how do, you get, how do you get to that place of extraordinary? You continue to declare. You continue to give opportunity to the Lord to work. You continue to say it's available now. Like remember what Jesus uh, did in Acts, uh, Luke chapter 4. Remember we looked at that over in Luke chapter 4. Jesus read this litany, this whole list of things from Isaiah. Uh, is it chapter 60 or chapter 61? One of those, chapter 60, you know, uh, over in Isaiah, where Jesus was quoting that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, he's anointed me to do this and to do this and this kind of healing and opening the eyes of the blind. And then he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. And none of it happened that day. None of it happened on the day he said it was available. And the reason none of it happened is that it wasn't received. Praise the Lord. And so uh, we, we're just declaring what we're in. You know, we're just declaring uh, the availability of some things. Praise the Lord. And that's what really, the, if we want to call it the prophetic word, that's what it does. It, it proclaims and announces the availability. I've said this many times. I've heard different ones who, who unquestionably stood, in, uh, stood very um, strongly in ministry offices like the prophet's office. I mean, I was around Brother Hagen for a good many, many years and around Dr. Dufresne. And those are the two that in my life and in my exposure, I was around that to me were great, great examples of that office. Yet I've heard, I've heard both of them say things uh, by the Spirit of God didn't come to pass. Now that's not to discredit them. But what, what does the prophetic word do? It announces availability. It does not guarantee fulfillment. Fulfillment depends on the response of the people to whom the availability was announced. I said fulfillment depends on the response of those to whom the availability was announced. And so thank God for the day we're in. Thank God for all that's available and all that God desires to do right now. And, and, and aren't you glad we're not trying to convince him to move? You know, we're not trying to convince him to, to get up and get with it. Amen. He's trying to convince us to get up and get with what I've announced. Amen. And so I'd like to help us further and, and uh, get into some things that will help us learn to do our part. So, Because really the fulfillment of what God said can be guaranteed if we'll do our part. If we'll, if we'll respond appropriately, then there will be a guaranteed fulfillment. Yes. Yes. And that's exciting. Yes. Amen. But we have to do our part. Amen. In these morning services particularly, and I'm going to have you turn to the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. I think we went there 
at the end of the service yesterday. But in these services, particularly, we're focusing on the subject of prayer, and I'll just give you a little preview. That is a major way that you and I get to cooperate yes. with the words that God speaks to us. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise you turn into 1 Corinthians 2. I'd encourage you, if you have a, a bring your Bibles to these meetings, turn in your Bibles. Don't, uh, don't just sit here uh, kind of casual-like, right? How many know these seats are valuable? You got one this morning. You got a seat in the room this morning. Amen. There's not always going to be a seat in the room in the morning services. Come on now. But you got one. So sit worthy of the calling wherewith you've been called. Sit worthy today. Amen. So uh, God needs his people for his words to be fulfilled. For, for what he says to be fulfilled. He, he doesn't do anything without his body cooperating. He needs the cooperation of the body. Which means, and this is scary in some cases. But what it means is he needs you. And he needs me. He can't, he can't do this. He can't bring this ship into port. All by his onesie as, as we sometimes say. He can't do it all by himself. God needs you. God needs you. How many remember the old pictures of Uncle Sam? It's an American thing. Uh, we, need <laughs> we need you. We need you. God needs you. You. you might, the, one who, the one who's sitting there thinking, surely not me. Yes, you. Yes, you. Exactly you. Amen. God's healing rampage doesn't happen all by himself. Amen. He needs you. and he, Why? Because you interact people that nobody else interacts with. You intersect people. And you can meet people and bring this healing to them. You. It's not just a preacher thing. I said it's not just a preacher thing. This is, this is an everybody thing. Amen. So... Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, I've kind of been living in this chapter lately because it helps, it helps reveal to us what kind of individual is usable to God and what kind of individual is, God still loves you, but unusable. How many, how many know that God, you can love something that's just not usable, right? We, we all, all of us, we love, we love little babies, Yeah? We, lo we love them. They're cute. They're cuddly. But they're good for nothing in terms of bringing any income to the Right? They, bring, they don't bring any money into the family. They're good for nothing. From a productivity standpoint. They're just, they're just there and they're cute. <laughs> and there are some Christians. I don't know, you know. Not here in Georgetown. You know how it goes. Where do we say they are? Pflugerville. Those Christians. They cute. But that doesn't make you usable. Now this second chapter of, I, I mean this is, this is hot stuff. This second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Paul said right in the first, because uh, uh, I could back up to chapter 1 and then you know how that goes, right? 
first verse says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom. That doesn't mean Paul had no excellence about him, you understand. It means that the defining feature of what he said was not how well-crafted it was. Which gives me hope. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. You could imagine bringing the gospel to a people that had never heard it in a place that's not particularly friendly to it. You know, you could imagine the kind of, uh, you know, God said go. I mean, you are, supposedly you are a friendly crowd to me this morning. I mean, like we supposedly believe the same stuff. And even though I'm getting some looks and have all morning, um, I'm just ignoring them. But you know what I mean? I mean, still, when I get up here, I do it in a degree of fear and trembling. Because I'm aware of, I'm aware of what I have in my humanity for you. You don't want it. You don't want it. I'm also aware of what I have under the anointing. And you want that, but when I'm preparing, I'm not, I'm not under it the same way. And so you, you think, oh, my Lord, is this going to happen? And, and the, the Lord must be saying, well, I mean, have I ever not shown up? I'm like, well, no. But still, <laughs> but still, you still are aware. When you're not, when you're not up ministering, you, th- you think, how in the world is this going to happen? And so uh, Paul, thank God, said the same thing. And he said in verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. See that? Man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I kind of like to say it this way, and there's translations that say it similar to this. Uh, but with a demonstration of spiritual power. There was, a, there was power attached to Paul's speech. There was, there was power attached. Amen. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. You see, he keeps using this term, the wisdom of men, or speaking of wisdom. But in the power of God. It goes on to say, and we, what we want to get to is uh, down here a little bit. It says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or them that are mature. Uh, do you know, friends, that as a believer you can be mature or not mature? Just like as, a, as an individual, as a person, you can be mature or not mature. We speak the wisdom of God to those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world to our glory. My goodness, hidden wisdom. Does the word impress you? Hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, things for us to see, things for us to know, mysteries, mysteries. If we look at the ninth verse, it it kind of expounds this, uh, expands this a little bit. It says, as it's written, I has not seen, 
nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So this, this wisdom that the Bible is talking about, something that doesn't come, from, uh, doesn't come just from our intellect, doesn't just come from our humanity, there's, there's mysteries, there's things that we wouldn't otherwise know that God has prepared for those that love Him. And how many know that God has a plan? This, this is what we could talk about. We could say God has a plan, and His plan is twofold. His plan is both general, where your life is concerned, it's both general and or common, and then individual or specific, yeah. right? So God has a plan that uh, part of his plan applies to every person. You know, God's plan for every person on the planet is that they receive Jesus. That's God's plan for everyone. He's not willing that, help me, he's not willing that any, any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yes. And so that's his plan for everyone. His, his plan for every believer is that every believer be filled with the Spirit and grow up spiritually. Right? But then he's, got, then he's got plans not just for the whole body, but he's got plans for you individually. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, those plans, the plans for you as part of the whole body, well, those are written out. This is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God, right? And uh, we can get up and we can preach about God's plan for everybody in the body. But then there's plans that pertain just to your life. There was no verse in the Bible that said, uh, Joel, you marry Amy. Right? I had to, I had to uh, walk out. And work out that part of my salvation, right? right? I mean, I had to, that, that was part of God's plan for my life. And I had to find that. I had to discern that, discover that, respond to that, right? And, I mean, it took me a good long time to get to that marriage part. But we finally did because it was the commitment that I always, that I had trouble with. I wanted to keep my options open, you know, while we were, while we were going along. But then I realized there's, no, there's really, what do I want? There's nothing I want other than what God had for me. Praise the Lord. And so we committed. And still there. Praise the Lord. Still, still committed. Well, see, that's not written in the Bible. And that was part of God's wisdom or God's plan for my life. Well, how do you, how do you discover that? Well, how many know it's not just enough to know that he has great things for you? It's not enough to know that there's things that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, and haven't entered into uh, the heart of man. That's not good to, to, have them not, uh, to have them unknown but exist. And so what do we want to do? We want to read the next verse where it says, But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. God has revealed His plans, His things, to us by His Spirit, by His Spirit. And so if you want to be a usable Christian, amen, if you want to be, us if you want to be productive for God, not just present, you're going to have to learn how to discern some of these things that God has for us, yeah, yeah, right? right? Yeah. 
maybe that aren't just written down. Maybe that are mysteries, right? What did it say? Uh, even the, the, the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hidden wisdom. These things that are hidden. You might say, well, why did God hide them? He didn't hide them from you. He hid them for you, right? And he gives us the avenue whereby you and I may partake of hidden wisdom and discover these mysteries. Praise the Lord. How do we do it? God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. The depths of God. How many know that God goes deeper? Huh? God goes deeper than what we go. Wouldn't hurt some of you just to even say amen. Pretend like you're with us, you know. Uh, the depths of God, yes. Can I read? I want to read this particular verse. What is this? Verse 10 in the Amplified Classic. Now they have the Amplified Classic and the non classic. But I'll take them all. Praise the Lord. Um, it says, Yet to us, God has unveiled. Woo, don't you like that? Unveiled, uncover, and revealed them by and through His Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God. The divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Friends, we are not limited. You're not limited to the wisdom of this world. We have the wisdom of God. We have the unlimited understanding of God. And the Holy Spirit searches and sounds the profound and bottomless things of God. The bottomless things of God. Bottomless. You know, I've, I've been to some restaurant where they had, they advertised bottomless french fries. <laughs> Anybody uh, ever been there where they have bottomless fries or something like that? How many know if you partake of the bottomless fries, you won't be bottomless for long? It'll fill you out. <laughs> and they have, a, a, I saw somewhere about a bottomless brunch where instead of going to church on Sunday, you can go to Sunday bottomless brunch. And what's bottomless about it is the, uh, the mimosas. I, I know that's a drink. I don't know what's in the drink. I've never had one, never will have one because I already have a preferred beverage. Amen. I drink of the Spirit. I, how about you? It, it, and and the, the problem with these bottomless brunches is the people stay too long. And then they drink so much they get sick right there at the table. Yeah. Not good. Not good. But uh, how many know the, the things of God are bottomless, but the Spirit examines, searches, understands all those things and endeavors to reveal what we need to know to us. He's, he's a revealer. 
He's a revealer of secret things, of bottomless things. You know, the Weiss translation of this verse says that the Spirit is constantly searching. Remember I told you yesterday he's, he's like radar, right? God's looking for an entrance. He's looking for who can bless you. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth that he might show himself strong. Show himself strong. He's looking for those who will cooperate. He's looking for those who will receive from him. Amen. Amen. You and I must adopt God's perspective. Amen. He's trying to find an entrance in. He's not a withholder. Amen. Every good gift and every perfect gift from above comes from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. God gives liberally to all. He upbraids not. He's a liberal, constant giver. Amen. One of the things he wants to give is insight into his plan. Praise the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. So God's revealed these hidden things to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches. What's it say? Searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels, and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. That's what the deep things are. Huh? We're going to be some deep Christians today. We're not, we're not going to be no more shallow, no more shallow salvation. No more shallow stuff. Huh? No more surface stuff. We're going to get hooked deep. Amen. Verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. Woo! Glory to God, that we might know. We might know what? The wisdom of God and the mystery, that hidden wisdom, amen, the things that eye has not seen, this natural eye, the things that ear has not heard, this natural ear, the things that haven't entered into our heart in the sense of our, just our human existence, amen. But that doesn't mean our eyes can't see it. We just need to open our spiritual eyes. We need to incline our spiritual ear and we can have the things of God come into our recreated spirit. Amen. And we can know these things. We might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Um, I want to read that to you in the, can I read that to you in the ESV? Because how many read that spiritual things with spiritual, and you're like, really, what is, what is that, right? Because that, that's a little bit blind to us. I like what the ESV says here in verse 12. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That Oh, that, I, we're not on that verse. But it's there. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. That's what I wanted you to see. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are, who are spiritual. Who are spiritual. What kind of person is usable? If you want to be usable, you need to be spiritual. Do you have a few more minutes for us to 
maybe bring one more concept in here. Now, verse 14 says, But the natural man receives not, receives not the things of the Spirit. So he doesn't know. He doesn't see. He doesn't hear. He doesn't understand. Right? The things of the Spirit of God, they, the things of the Spirit, are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned, spiritually recognized, spiritually understood. But he that is, look at it, verse 15, but he that is spiritual, right? What did we read in verse 13? Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. He that is spiritual judges or understands or sees all things. Now, when we're talking about being usable to the Lord, when we're talking about being those who God can use to bring fulfillment to what He's announced, not every Christian qualifies. There are certain uh, conditions of of people on the world. From a spiritual perspective, the Bible actually identifies three different spiritual conditions. And the one of them that we talked about is this thing called the natural man. It says the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Now, who is this natural man? Well, when the, when the Bible uses the word natural, it's referring to that which is earthly or worldly. And the natural man would be talking about the person who's not even a believer, right? Not even in the family of God, not even born again. That person is natural. How many have ever tried to share what happens in these services with somebody who's not even a believer and, and you're like, well, how do I explain, how do I explain this? Because what does every unbeliever need? The, 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 they don't need to understand which direction to run. You understand? The, they, they have one need. One need. They need to receive Jesus. They need to be born again. Have the, and, and then the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. Then they can see. Then you can start talking to them about, listen, when you run, run this way. You know what I'm saying? Just, just using an example, extreme example maybe. So the natural man, that's talking about somebody who's, who's not even born again. But then it's talking about he that is spiritual. Well, that's talking about a Christian who has reached a, a place of maturity and has enough spiritual skill to where they recognize things. They know how to respond to some things. They know how to cooperate with some things. They're usable. But there's a, there's a third category that's listed right here in this passage, if we could get back to, to this passage. Uh, verse 16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. Oh. Now the next verse, which is, you know, understand it wasn't written in chapters and verses, so there's no natural break here. Uh, says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual. And now here's this third category, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I've, I've fed you with milk 
and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. Can you sense here that Paul's not just particularly pleased with the fact that he can't get over to the church at Corinth some things? It's important to understand the church at Corinth at the time of this writing was only a few years old. Which lets us know it doesn't take a lifetime to become spiritual. Paul's like, y'all, I, I, I'd like to get some things. I'd like to say some things to you, but you're carnal. And all I can do is give you a little milk and can't even give you the meat that you, that you need. Now, what does it mean to be carnal? Well, the, the word carnal, uh, from that word, we get the, you know, you've heard the word carne. How many ever had some carne asada? How many have ever been to a carnival? Carne means meat. It means meat or flesh, right? And a characteristic of the, uh, now a Christian can be carnal. He said, you're carnal, even babes in Christ. So they were in Christ. Now a carnal person, one characteristic is that they're, uh, they don't have the mind of Christ. They don't have their mind renewed. They, they live dominated by natural, unrenewed thinking, right? Carne, meat. Carnal Christian, meathead. They're meatheads. Sad but true. Sad but true. The carnal Christian lives out of their head. They're meatheads. Don't be carnal. Don't be a meathead. Be spiritual. So from the standpoint of being usable, the carnal Christian is really no different than the natural man. The natural man, the things of God are foolishness to him. He doesn't recognize them. Do you hear that? He doesn't recognize them. Doesn't recognize the movement of the spirit, the carnal person. Now, I, I, I'd love to tell you that most of the body of Christ is in that highest category, that they're spiritual, able to discern, able to recognize, able to understand, but most of the body of Christ isn't there, friends. Most of the body of Christ, I'm not calling anybody names, most of the body of Christ is carnal, carnal. They're flesh-ruled. Now, Looking at the clock. Praise the Lord. Uh, there's three parts of us. You understand. Every one of us, every person on earth, as a matter of fact, is a spirit being. You know, when we talk about spirit beings, a lot of times we think of angels. We think of devils. And maybe we think of God. But what about you? You're a spirit being. And we want to, we want to develop skill. If you're going to be spiritual... The spiritual person is a person that's become skillful at being a spirit being. You, you're, you're a spirit being. You have a soul. And then you live in a body, as we like to say it that way. And I think that's a great illustration. Now, the body is real easy for us to identify. It's, it's, it's the part that you can touch in this natural realm. And 
It's the part that contacts this natural world, right? Uh, if, you're, if your body, if you don't know where your body is, slap yourself, you'll find your body, right? And then your spirit and your soul together make up what we call the inner man, the inner man. But what makes a person spiritual or carnal? Well, that's where the soul comes in. The soul, if, if the simplest way I know how to say it is the soul is your thoughts and your feelings. What you think, what you feel. And we all do that all the time. But where your soul, uh, what, which of the other two parts, three parts of you, which of those other two parts your soul relates to will determine whether you're spiritual or carnal. So here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. What should happen is that the soul submits, your thoughts and your feelings submit to your born-again spirit, right? But what, and that would make you spiritual. Spiritual, the person that's dominated by their spirit rather than dominated by their thoughts and feelings. Now, when, uh, so your body now has a nature as well. It's called the flesh. And when a person is not spiritual, the soul gravitates over here to the, and attaches itself to that nature of the flesh. And the, and the life, the, the person's life is governed by what we feel, what we, you know, what, what the flesh wants, the natures of the flesh, right? And so, you know, if we can, if we can just give you a real quick illustration along these lines, because we've all been here to where uh, somebody serves you uh, some pie, like a good cream pie, like a, like not coconut, but like a uh, <laughs> banana cream pie, chocolate cream pie, and somebody serves you one, and you, you have you a slice of that pie, right? And it's, mm, it's good, baby. It's good. Now, I'm not eating pie right now, so don't nobody make me no pie. But I'm just saying, if you get that pie, and then what, after you have that one piece, what happens? Part of you says, we need more pie. We need fulfillment, not just announcement. We need fulfillment. We need to be fulfilled, and we want more pie. And if the and and if now if you say that, your spirit, the part of you that's born again, is gonna is gonna speak up. And if you're a carnal Christian, your spirit will have a real soft voice and they'll say. You know, maybe we shouldn't. And your flesh will say, you shut up. Give me more pie. Very good. <laughs> and, you'll get, and you'll eat more pie. And you'll be fulfilled. But if you're a spiritual Christian, the spiritual one, now you eat that piece of pie and the flesh will still speak up. But, but it won't be the dominant voice. The flesh will say, you know what would be great? Another piece. Of, and your spirit will say, shut up. We don't eat more pie. Come on. That's, really That's the difference between your spirit being strong and your flesh being stronger. And whichever part of you is strongest, whether it's the spirit man or the flesh, your thoughts and feelings will gravitate to whichever one of those parts of you is stronger. If your spirit is strongest, your thoughts and your feelings will submit and come in line 
to your right to there. And if that's the case, if your spirit is stronger, and how many know this applies a lot more in pie? That was just an illustration since we're going to eat lunch. But anyhow, uh, you, you understand if your spirit is stronger, then you're spiritually mature. Then you're able to discern and recognize. And the things of, the, of God aren't foolishness to you, but you're able to get revelation from God and be usable. Praise the Lord. If your flesh is strongest... What do we call it when your flesh is dominant? You're carnal, carnal. If your flesh is strongest, your thoughts and your feelings will side in with your flesh, be over here, and God can want to use you. God does want to use you. He has things for you. He's got things he's trying to get to you, but you're not even in position to recognize those things because you haven't developed enough spiritually. So, to close up, to wrap up for now. One of the things that we have available to us, one of the means that we have to both strengthen our spirit and put ourselves in position to, to uh, have the Spirit of God reveal these secret, hidden, mystery things is the privilege of praying in other tongues. Amen. Now, of course, you know, the Word of God is the number one thing that helps you develop your spirit. But another thing that helps you develop your spirit is exercising your spirit through praying in other tongues. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says that when we do that, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. How He doesn't understand what he's saying. How be it in the Spirit or by the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. We speak mysteries, hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom. And that's how, and that's how in verse 10 is 1 Corinthians 2, God's able to reveal things to us by his spirit. A lot of it happens as we yield to the spirit. Amen. Amen. What say we do some of that today? You okay, everybody? You, we good here? Was this all right? I'm going to have my wife come. I took all the time. I'll just be honest with you. I didn't leave you much anything. But there's always tomorrow. It's all only a day. You want to add? No. <laughs> Jesus is smiling at me. Praise the Lord. Say something. Check. When, um, <laughs> when, you're, when you're busy... Naturally speaking, you can, uh, you can miss some of these deep things in the spirit. Yeah. And I, I like to think of it sometimes, uh, you know, you have, um, say, salad dressing, Italian dressing, right? You've got, you've got some oil and vinegar, right? Um, you shake it, shake it around and pour, you know, you pour it around and it's just all... It looks like one thing, right? It just, it's all mixed together. But if you let that set and get still, it'll separate. And our spirit and soul can sometimes feel, you know, shaken together as we're going about our day. Yeah, yeah. Praying in the spirit, pulling away, it can help separate. 
so we can distinguish those deep things. We can actually pull up because a lot of times we walk around like shaking and uh, we think, oh, well, I've got peace about that. I've got peace. I can, I can, yeah, that's, that must be the spirit. I, I feel good about that. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly, right? Let's, let's take a step back. These are important things to God. Whether we're staying on course with him, whether we're making the right move, let's, let's make sure we're taking time to let things settle and we can pull up from deep within Yes. that which he actually has for us, that which the spirit is agreeing to, not just what we've, you know, think on, in, in a moment, oh, that, that seems good. I'm not saying God can't speak to us in a busy moment, but I am saying too many times as a pastor, I've heard, oh, it seems good. It's good to me, pastor. I can marry so-and-so. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's take a moment on this, shall we? It seems good to switch to this job. It's, it just, it's, it's better pay, so it seems good. If we want to be spiritual, we want what God wants, not just in the mixture of the moment we fly off and do. And so that's what we're trying to, uh, to discern here. What, what's God's plan? What, what's his way? What's... what's What's deep saying to deep? What's, what is his spirit agreeing with our spirit? And that comes from deep within, and that takes a moment of time to let things settle so we can actually hear. Yeah. Pray. Yeah. Father, we're so grateful today. Thank you, Master for the opportunity to come before you, to spend time Hallelujah. with you. Thank you we love you, Master. We Thank love you, you Father. Thank We're you. so thankful you. that you're our Lord, you. that you're our King. Thank you. And we want to discern from you. We yes, want to yes, know yes, from yes, you yes. all that you have Thank for us, all you. that you have in your plan yes, for us Master. individually, for us hey, as a body in these last days. Hey. And so we're Thank coming you. to you this morning. Thank you, Master. <laughs> 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 to draw out from deep within, <laughs> to draw out. <laughs> your plans, your ways. The plans and purposes, the plans and purposes, the plans and purposes, 
seeing bakoto seeing bakata seeing bakata seeing bakate kesko bramakanti seeing bakate kombramande kombrani korono dobra kombakande
Thank you for the fellow. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Prayer yeah. Santa. Yeah. Yes. Thank you yes. for the Ravagasta Kutze. Yes. Yes. Mm. Ah, praise. Yes. Praise. Yes. Mm. Yes, we thank you. Mm. We thank you. We thank you. Mm. We worship you. Mm. We worship you. Mm. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Master. We worship you. We worship you, Palaspetike. Ha ha ha. Yes, we worship you. <laughs> yeah, Paket. Pastendo. Yeah, oh, ma, 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 ma. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the greatness of your plan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Worship you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Worship you. Glory. Worship you. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Praise, 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 glory, praise, 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 pra
Oh, praise, praise, Thank praise, you, praise, praise. Why don't we all just stand up? Yes. Give him some glory. Hallelujah. Thank my, you, my, 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 glory, glory, glory. Thank you, 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 thank Yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a glorious Hallelujah. Plan. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. We worship you. We worship you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.